So how's it going with lockdown here in Badalote? I'm feeling it. What are you feeling? I need to get out. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to From Someplace New, the long-term travel podcast where Karen Bernhardt and John Sumple discuss their hows and whys, lows and highs, and lessons learned while living abroad. So hey guys, here we are. It's our, what is this John, our sixth episode of From Someplace New? Yes, it is. Hard to believe. We've already gotten past the first handful of episodes. Yeah, and we're getting better and better, right? Um, are you feeling it? I, trying. I mean, these are very interesting times, but... Um, we should we should let everybody know this is the first time you've ever done anything like this. It's probably quite obvious to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> probably don't have to explain that. But um, you know what? Uh, it's all about testing ourselves and getting out of our comfort zone. And um, what better time to do that than while we're all quarantined and doing all sorts of... Uh, inner work and you know facing our uh, our our demons and challenges and all of those things so i mean not that this is you know that critical but it's something that um i'm not necessarily comfortable with not the way john is and i'm just and why is myself. john more comfortable doing this well let's see you're an extrovert you are tend to be more of an outspoken person you're a storyteller you like to do that creatively professionally you like to hear yourself talk <laughs> and i've also done 118 episodes you, uh, of a baseball yeah. podcast yeah oh yeah Yes. Yeah, and there is the that. previous pro- experience with yeah. the baseball podcast. So, yeah, there's a lot of different reasons why this is in your wheelhouse, as we say. Yeah. Not so much mine. But, you know, taking on the challenge and trying to um, just relax with this. Like John's always like, just have a conversation. We're sharing it with every, everyone who's listening. But just let's just chat about things. It always takes so, us, what, a good five, ten minutes to get ramped up for this and going through the it, eh, Yeah. Oh, it's, it's and a, then you get into it. Yeah. I mean, it's, no one would it, ever know. It's a weird process initially. It absolutely is. But you know what? And the other thing is it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't right. have to be some slick, beautiful, perfect thing. Especially now while we're going, all of us collectively are going through this. And it's just high strangeness probably the hardest part is staring across the table at me yeah <laughs> yeah can you um throw something over your head there that, that would, that, that'll help but no seriously um what are we going to talk about today this episode is going to be more about adapting to change and hello yeah, how i mean about could that? we be adapting to more change right now with COVID 19 um, so we're recording this on the morning that we're going to be posting it. So this is extremely timely. It's up to the minute. So when it posts later today on Monday, the 30th of March, right. uh, you'll have uh, insight into where we are at this very moment. And where we are at this very moment is into our second week of restrictions, our like 11th, 12th day of hardcore lockdown. Yeah, yeah, because um, we found out on what day was it, Saturday or Sunday, that it would be extended from... Yep. March was it March thirty first or April first? April first. We found out on Friday. April first, and now it's April twelfth, and you know, like we're all finding out with this, it might be extended again. One of the things we have experienced during this is, as everyone is, we are too. We drop into social media throughout the day because that's the only way to really socialize well, yeah, with anybody quite at all. Often. 
to give an example, I posted something on Facebook yesterday on my personal Facebook page. I went to the bank to get some money out and then went to the grocery store. And as I walked through downtown Bariloche, not a huge city by any means, but a very active, vibrant section of town was a ghost town. The only thing that you could hear was the wind blowing and leaves blowing in the uh, sidewalks. It was just kind of weird. Yeah, your footage was a little bit like a beautiful mine. Like I said, you needed a a, a bag, like a bag blowing down the street. I think that was uh, not a beautiful mine. No. Was it? Was no, that, that was um, where it follows the bag, like it's, it's yeah, it's American Beauty. Um, yeah, American Beauty. That's right. <laughs> Beautiful Mind. Beautiful American Mind. Beauty. Yeah, that was know. a Russell Crowe with. Yeah, okay, yeah, God, a little yeah. bit different. A little different. A little different movie. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> My point with that is that as as we have watched and observed what lockdowns are from different friends and also other people who are traveling that we've met over the last few years. The lockdown experience has a completely different vibe depending on where you are in the world. And with that, the seriousness that people are are taking, yeah, the how they're treating it, and so, the biggie for us is whether you can be outdoors and in what capacity you can be outdoors. Right, and there seems to be a lot of confusion between the different countries and yeah. areas. So in certain countries, it's like you can go outside and exercise for a half an hour. Uh, in other countries, like the U.S., which is where we're from. We're seeing pictures of people out and about doing things, you know, whether it's walking on the beach or riding bikes in their neighborhood or going out on their boats. They're all outside. We can't go outside. We're no. not supposed to I go mean, outside. Really, Everybody is respecting it. And I mean, I, we're being extra sensitive sensitive to it because, I mean, it's fine. We're, le- we're here legally. It's fine. But we don't want to draw that much more attention to ourselves by being out and about. No. When we're obviously not locals and uh, yeah, we don't know. stand out what, like sore thumbs. Yeah, and we bit. don't know what the level of enforcement is. So, you know, we're not just going to be meandering around, which is killing me because we're, you know, in this beautiful town next to, you know, gorgeous lakes and mountains. And again, grateful for the views out our windows. And I'm keeping those windows, you know, wide open, getting as much fresh air as I can. I mean, you know, we're all just adjusting. That's all we can do is just make adjustments. But it's just interesting because when we talk about under this huge arc of the quarantine, adapting to change, you would think that this would be easier because it's just slow down, quiet down, just, you know, kind of stay in. And it's just it's pulling up so much stuff for people, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're feeling and what they're going through and and just what I just the, I guess just that. I mean, the fact that you're restricted and now it's just you're in your own little bubble dealing with all of your stuff, all your yeah, and, internal and let's, let's be transparent stuff, too. We've had our chatter. challenges. We've had a few kind of, uh, you know, uh, difficulties in being in the same space for an extended period of time. And we Even, do this. This is what we yeah. do for the most part. I mean, we work from home and, you know, we're traveling, you know, the way we are. You would think this would be... Um, not a big adjustment, you know, much easier, but yet we're still coming up against stuff. Yeah. And, and I think the main reason why is because there's room to breathe when you have a chance to go outside. So even though we're around each other, like 24, seven, six and a half days a week, right. Uh, we still have space, whether we're going out, you know, walking around, uh, we're going to a coffee shop to work, uh, we're out and about exploring on a hike or something like you mean that. Just space around us as yeah. we're doing things. We're not in a in a contained. Yeah, it, this feels like we're in a mason jar together. Yeah, that's 
That's true. Yeah, it definitely does because there are certain times, and yeah, again, being perfectly honest, we've we've had these situations where, you know, one person goes off to be quiet, and another person wants to engage in conversation or watch a movie, and the other person says no, and it's kind of like, okay, so I guess I'll watch a movie by myself, or I guess I'll go sit up and listen to a podcast by myself, and. So you're like in the same space and this is a small space. It's only basically Yeah, two although rooms. we do have, it's like the upstairs, downstairs right. vibe going on. It's like you stay downstairs, I'll go upstairs, switch, you know, like right. it's always like one, one level or the other, which that helps. I'm kind of glad it's not just a flat floor plan. And it's nice that we have the opportunity to work this all out on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, aren't you guys, isn't this fascinating for you? Um, but so Karen, no, how yeah. do you really feel really, about John? Like, okay, could all the therapists get online now and help us out? But yeah, I mean, just to, just, you know, trying to be just sincere about this, that it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It, it brings up a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and we don't know when, and there's not an, we don't have a set end date with this. So no, everyone's dealing with that. Like any discomfort and any strangeness you're feeling, it's like, and for how long will this be going on? We don't know. Right. And the U.S. extended theirs to the end of April, so it's a 30 right. additional I mean, and 30 and we're not even days. in April. We're almost there. So, I mean, coming up on a full month, like right. turn the you know calendar page, you got a full month of this and then some. Right. So it's, yeah, it's just really, it's hard. The difference in the U.S. is that they're extending social protocols, like number of groups, social distancing. Here it's kind of like, oh, we've just extended the protocol for you to stay indoors, don't leave your home for the next 15 days. Yeah. And we have friend Scott James. Call up Scott hey, again. Scott. Scott is in Guatemala. They have been in lockdown now for, I think, 10 days, going on 10 days. And they have curfews from 4 p.m. until, I think, 4 a.m., 4 or 5 a.m. So you're, a siren goes off and everybody in the small town in Guatemala that he's in. I have to go indoors. That and must be they enforce very it. strange. The idea of a curfew and like but the number of cases in Guatemala are extremely small. So they're doing yeah. the right, you know, places that are doing the right thing by telling people to kind of let's let's get through the next few weeks. Their their numbers are low. So we don't want to get into the whole the numbers thing. That's everybody's having their own experience. We're just sharing a little bit of what ours has been like and will continue to be like for at least another 12, 13 days for us. Yeah. Another aspect of this. I mean, this is a travel related podcast. I mean, this is super strange for us because we don't know what our ongoing travels will look like. I right. mean, what kind of restrictions well, might be in place and for how long, where we can go next. Yeah. I mean, there's so many unknowns with that that are, you know, unique to what we're doing right. with this lifestyle. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't have the answers. Nobody does. We just have to kind of wait and see. So we were supposed to leave Saturday for a 24-hour bus ride to El Calafate in southern Argentina to begin our trek through Patagonia. We're going to be in El Calafate for 10 days, and then we were going to head over into Chile into Torres del Paine National Park. And then move our way down even further south into the southernmost city in the world, in Ushuaia, Argentina. And all of those plans have been negated by border closures and travel restrictions and park closures. So we're staying put for... Yeah, which I get everybody's going through this and everyone's had to cancel, you know cool vacations that they planned and weddings and special gatherings. I mean, we're all in this together, but uh, it's hard. I've seen some really amazing things too, though. People have done 
had a friend uh, who had a family member pass away. So they did a drive by kind of like celebration where people drove by the, the store in which this person owned and managed and celebrated their life. People have doing drive by birthdays that where they're, you know, someone stands on the front porch. Me. I mean, yes, it's being, res- it's, it's being it's resourceful. No, and I mean, but we're seeing human ingenuity too and sh- human creativity, which has stimulated a connection that we usually just, you know, whiz right by because our lives are so important. Yeah. And we're now revisiting we're all that for sure. Yeah. How we can, thing. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want this to be all negative and actually the theme of this is how we can be resilient and adapt to change in extraordinary circumstances like this. And then in, in a day-to-day way, the way we are as travelers. Yeah. And you just mentioned this a few seconds ago. This is a travel podcast. It is travel related. It yeah. is. Yeah. And I'm John that Sample. That is the intent. And I'm Karen Bernhardt. And our ongoing podcast is about our travels throughout the world so far in South America, but we intend it to do this. It has been long-term travel. Right it now yeah. it's uh, short-term. <laughs> short-term stay. Short-term. Or long-term stay, short-term movement. Yeah, I don't know. It's a whole different tra- travel genre right now, but yes. Well, at least we have stairs. We can do, you know, interval oh. training. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So let's get into the uh, the purpose of this podcast, adapting to change and lessons that we've learned as a result of our travels for the last 19 months, 20 months. I guess we're up to 20 months now. Yeah. 20 months ago tomorrow August. that we started this. Yeah, yeah, July yeah. 31st was mm-hmm. when we left Seattle. Okay. So let's talk about uh, not just being adapting to COVID-19, but adapting to some of the things that we've experienced throughout our journey. Right. And some of the common or or groups, types of changes that we experience from place to place, month to month, and kind of break that down. Hopefully, um, I mean, not just to toot our own horn about, oh, look at us, we can do this, aren't we flexible, but that anybody can be. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe just alerting you to some of the things that you might encounter, you know, little things, medium things, you can uh, respond to a little bit better knowing it's it could happen. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about is new countries, new cities, the adapting that you have to do as a result of that. Right. So that being the foundation, I mean, obviously what we're doing, I mean, we're going, and we've explained this before, that we are going from country to country for the most part in a country for 90 days mm-hmm. because that's the amount of time that's, you know, not a complicated visa situation. It's just a tourist stamp and we can be there fine. Typically within those countries, we're in a city or an area for, for 30 month. days. Yeah, for a month. So just, you know, to reiterate that kind of structure that we're following. And the main reason why we do that is because we can take advantage. 30-day stays at Airbnb usually come with anywhere from like a 10, 15% to up to a 45% discount for a month stay. So we've been using that to help keep expenses down. So that's been one of our motivators for the one-month stays. So what are some of the things that we've had to deal with, cultural, regional differences in different right. countries that we've been in? Oh, gosh. I'm thinking, I mean, these these are little things, but it, I mean, it's an adjustment. I mean, like we've definitely noticed, I mean, being in South America, that um, quiet on Sundays. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, been kind yeah, of interesting. Sundays, for the most part, is Shut not down. only a, a religious day. Well, Pre-COVID-19. Yeah. It was, well, yeah. Christian countries, for the most part. In addition to church going, there's also a tremendous amount of respect for Sunday being a day of rest. So you don't see a lot of people out and about. A lot of stores are closed, not due to blue laws or anything like that. They're just relaxing. 
There's also siesta. Yeah. Well, that's, that's week. seven days a week. Right. We've experienced that significantly in Argentina more than any of the other countries that we've been to. So we've been to Mexico, Ecuador, Peru, Chile, and now Argentina. And Argentina, pretty much so far the two locations that we've been to in Bariloche and prior to that Mendoza, pretty much everything shuts down around 1.30. In the touristy areas, not so much. Like Mendoza, everything shut down around 1.30 and didn't yeah, well, reopen again. Yeah, it was much again. more noticeable there than anywhere yeah. else we've been. Yeah, and Bariloche is more of a tourist town, mm-hmm. I think, both in the winter and summer. Winter for skiing, summer for the beautiful lakes and mountains and hiking and boat excursions and things like that. So there's a lot of tourists here right now, not too many. I think we may be one of the very few that are in the area. But these siestas are definitely something that you notice that you need to make sure you get things done uh, before the siestas start. Yeah, so just timing with things, both out on Sundays and then siestas every day of the week. Um, also, South America, uh, dinner time. <laughs> yeah, dinner <laughs> that time. That it's uh, much, much, later. much later. You know, we showed up at some restaurants at like 6 7 o'clock, and we're told, well, we don't open it till 8. Or if they were, it's you're having a snack. Right. I mean, the locals and that, or the, you know, the, the um, native tourists are, are having snacks. Right, because they're having like a limited menu, a shoulder menu until their dinner starts at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But most people don't go out to dinner in, until around 9, 10 o'clock at night. And some dinners don't start until after 11 and people don't wrap up their dinner experience sometimes until, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the norm. That's absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. But I mean, yeah, so that and we eat out a lot. So that's, you know, more obviously more of an adjustment for us eating out than if you're someone who, you know, likes to cook and stays home. And most of the countries that we've been to uh, in the different cities that we've been to are larger cities. Mendoza is is considered, I guess, a large, large city, but it is not a tourist, necessarily a tourist destination within the city of Mendoza. So you definitely feel that uh, local vibe when things shut down, everybody's doing their thing and you're kind of like standing out in the middle of the street, what used to be a busy sidewalk and no one's walking on the sidewalks in the middle of the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, it's really interesting to see that, which kind of brings me to one of the points I want to talk about, the big big city versus small town vibe. Mm-hmm. And you know and how we've had a range of experiences as we've traveled based on the size of the city and the yeah, way and the we've, city we've kind of, runs. We've, had this pattern of kind of like big city, small city, big yeah, city, small city. Yeah, not even purposefully. It just kind of works out that way. Yeah, but the big cities always have this sense, uh, you know, like any big city in any country in the world, that there is it's a, more of a melting pot. There's more variety of stores, uh, stores and, and restaurants and things to do. There's an international flavor to a lot of the restaurants, so you can get your your Italian, your sushi. And with that, you might even get the familiarity if that's something you're looking for with certain chain restaurants and mm-hmm. stores mm-hmm. that, you know, like there's an H&M and there's TJI Fridays, you know, on the restaurant side. And we got used to that in... Ecuador, Peru, and Chile, and then we get over to Argentina, and there's n- there's no chain stores. Yeah, and I'm not saying that I'm necessarily seeking that out. I mean, I would rather not have that. I say that, but yet sometimes I guess there is that kind of feeling like, oh, I know this. I know this left, brand. I know this store. So I guess I should Chile, couch that. We were in Santiago, took a 45-minute flight to Mendoza. You're going from all of these creature comforts that you can be familiar with back in the United States and some of global brands. You get to Argentina, and 
there's none of that. We didn't. We haven't seen any of that no, in very, Mendoza very or here in Bariloche. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there might be chain stores within the country that we're familiarizing ourselves with, but there's no national brands, international brands that we've been accustomed to that we've seen in all the countries that we visited up until now. Right. Yeah. One of the things too is about the differences in food. I would think in many cases that's one of the joys of traveling mm-hmm. is trying new foods and exposing yourself to different dishes and that. But again, it's an adjustment. If you're someone who always likes this certain type of dishes, you know, when you go Spicy out for food. breakfast or when you whatever it is. I mean, if you're super attached to certain things, you might have to loosen that a little bit because it's going to be different. Well, we went from Mexico where there was fantastic food to Ecuador. Oh, you're talking now about the the quality, the No, just the differences. Of, yeah. You're, you're adapting. If you're moving from country to country versus being in one location oh, for extended true. period yeah. of time. Yeah. So yeah. amazing food in Mexico. Then we get to Ecuador, which is not, there's not a lot of variety, not a lot of spice. Be careful. No, I'm just, it, it's, it's <laughs> right. true. No, it is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's typically pretty bland. It's pretty beige, pretty bland. Unless you like cooey. Or guinea pig. Yeah, and I'm not eating the guinea pigs. Their, I mean, I grew up with guinea pigs. I'm not eating not them. Eating your pets. They're adorable. I'm sorry. I'm actually not eating any meat right now. I've, I've made a pledge to uh, to be, well, I don't want to get into all that, but yeah. No, because I'm of not, the guinea pig? I'm not eating the guinea pigs. But was the, the guinea pig the impetus? Um, oh, it kind of played into it, to be honest with you. Just a little call I mean, out there for them, Erica, if you're listening. I just used the word impetus. Okay. I don't know what that is, but all right. So yeah, like adjusting to different foods, you know, and some of the foods might be delightful and it might be a slam dunk because you're loving them and other places it it might not be your cup of tea or Mm -hmm. your plate of (laughs) plate of pasta or however you want to look at it. And yeah, you got to be okay with that. I mean, even just your groceries. I mean, so maybe you're thinking, well, that's fine. I'll just, you know, get all this typical things that I like at the grocery store, even that's going to be different. Yeah. I mean, there's staple items that are pretty common anywhere you go, but then there's all the other things that aren't. Well, like we're used to certain foods being canned, like from, oh, from the right. United States. Oh, right, which I think well, is interesting. Hey, can you go out and run out and get me a can, uh, some cans of black beans? They it's don't have packets. cans of black beans. They're it's in packets. packets. You have to soak them and, you know, you have to go through the whole oh, process. Oh, you're saying the dry, because I'm, I'm yeah. saying like the sauce, like tomato sauce and that are in those packets, you know, mm-hmm. like the zip, the on um, pole tab packets versus right. jars yeah. and cans yeah so that's one thing you have to adapt to too is that, you know a lot of things come in bags and packets that you're used to being in jars yeah. or like refrigeration you know in the united states milk is in the refrigerated aisle you know there's no refrigerated milk in any of the countries that is, we've yeah, been what to. is that because it kind of makes concerns me though is it's so ultra pasteurized and processed that it, it doesn't just comes it in a carton and um, a smaller spoil? little carton because no. I know eggs, a lot of people think they have to refrigerate eggs and you don't. And you don't. Um, so that's something that, you know, we would see like it would just be on a shelf like you'd go and get and dinner napkins. all of the milk is in shelf. these cartons on, on shelves as well. Yeah. So these are, uh, yeah, I feel like these are such little things. But, but, it's things a, you, but you know you what, when you're traveling, it's a, it is a little stunning it's a the lot, first time you see it. A lot of little things, yeah. right? So we're going to get into some of the bigger things. I don't know. I, maybe we should have started with the bigger things and narrowed down to some of the smaller things. And I think so much of it is being just, just be curious about it. You know, don't get frustrated and with do things those that you're things. not used to. Yeah. Go places that you're, you know, for example, like uh, we started using the subways in Mexico City. 
And we also used them when we were in Santiago. Very easy to use, but can be intimidating until you do it. And then the first time you do it, you're like, well, that wasn't so bad. And then before you know it, you're a regular rider on the subway. And the sense of accomplishment when you do these things is great. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, I figured this out and now I'm comfortable with it. Again, you know, started out with this it's about comfort zone. So much of this is getting out of your comfort zone, just being patient with yourself and learning these things as we go. We can scale it back to not just being about international travel from country to country. It could be, you know, within the country that you live in now, going to a different region and experiencing that region through the eyes of an outsider from someone who's visiting and, and, and adapting to that. There's regions in the United States that, you know, the language is a little bit different. The vernacular is a little bit different. The accents are a little bit different. The food's a little bit different. And when you're there for an extended period of time, it's not like home. So you, you have to adapt. And, and that's something that we think is, you know, is important. And all to of do. this, of course, post-COVID-19. Or I heard there's BC before coronavirus and <laughs> after, and, yeah, after coronavirus. So, yeah, obviously all of this applying once we can get out of our homes and out and about again. And so the big lesson there is that don't bring the mentality that you have from your surroundings with you when you travel, you know, whether it's across state lines or within Europe, just go someplace, absorb it, feel it and ride with it as opposed to comparing it to what you're used to. Because if you bring that mentality of what you're used to to it, you could get easily frustrated. Oh, I know. And don't we just hate when we hear tourists, this isn't like home or in this, wherever you're from in the States or, you know, back in the UK or whatever it is where you're from, you know, the comparing, contrasting and fussing Mm -hmm. over that. Now we've heard a lot of people say, wow, this wasn't what I expected, whether it's the food, whether it's the architecture, whether it's the people, whether it's how warm and friendly or how busy people are. There's just a lot of that, like, wow, I was expecting it to be more like, well, why do you have expectations when you're going to someplace that you've never been to before? Just leave those at home. Let that go. Yeah, let it go. Um, This next area, I think, will hit home for a lot of people because it's truly about your home, the temporary rentals while you're traveling. Um, Again, everyone's uh, accommodation situation might be a little bit different. But I would think many of us would be staying at a location for a month, couple of months, renting a place. Or living there. Living there, yeah. And, and then, you have to adapt to that. But and for, then moving on. So yeah. your, your home base, what's your, you know, your, your space, the mm-hmm. space that you're living in. So, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot we can talk about with this. It's maybe I feel this more because just I'm more sensitive about my surroundings and my immediate space, my house, my home. Yeah, so with our rentals, adapting to change right off the bat, where are we in town? I mean, yeah. what's, what's the location? And we're Smack we're, dab we're, downtown. We're fairly strategic about that as best mm-hmm. as you can, looking at locations on a map. Uh, we try to be as close to the downtown. A lot of times it's this, you know, historic center. Yeah. As possible. And we, and we do all so, that research. So, because we're on foot. Yeah, we but, do all that research on Airbnb and always look to see how long of a walk is it to downtown because we usually walk. And as long as it's like 15, 20 minutes to the downtown area, that's 
always a good barometer for us. A couple times, I think when we were in um, Arequipa, we had about a half an hour walk. That seems like that was probably the furthest, right? Yeah. For us. But that was completely comfortable. Yeah, I mean, and the weather was nice and it's exercise. I mean, that's a lot of it for us. Is I mean, we love to walk, but that is where we're getting, getting our right. exercise sure. every day. Going so I never mind that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know... I say that there are times that when we're further out, like after dinner and that, and it's dark and I kind of just want to be home. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't like it as much as I do in the morning when it's like, you know, get out and get fresh air. And I don't know. One of my favorite things when I'm reading Airbnb reviews too, when we're looking at a place that we're going to go to next is when people rent a location in a city. So maybe they live in the country or they live in the suburbs and they complain about how noisy it is. It's, if you've ever lived in a city, and we lived in Seattle, we're used to city noises. You have to be used to city noises. And to complain about city noises is not a smart thing to do if you're not used to city noises. So my advice would be if you're planning on renting a place that doesn't have air conditioning and you have to leave the windows open, you're going to hear city noises. So be prepared for that. And if that's not something you're into, make sure you stay far enough away from the center so that's not an impact. But even still, I think it's unrealistic that you think you're going to get it quieter or less noise because then you might get it's the dogs barking and the garbage trucks and the different things. And so the roosters. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a noise factor. I would say pretty much I, I'm not overly sensitive to it because, you know, we live in Seattle and I actually like that. That kind of that hum, that vibe, that pace, and and the sounds that that go with it. But um, if you're someone that's been used to having an insulated, quiet environment, that's probably not going to happen. No, and probably the biggest oddity that we've experienced, because we've experienced it nowhere else, in the way that we did in Lima, Peru, which is car horns. Oh wow! Yes, I mean it was intense. Yeah. So there are Ubers taxi drivers and then just these cars that are not listed as ubers or as taxis that We're will fill sure up the how car it works they're unmarked and well, i don't know how they'll they... drive around with their hand out the window and beeping their horn when they see people walking basically asking you do you need a ride so i guess the locals know what that's about i mean i would never recommend that to someone but just you, visiting witnessed but, it constantly but yes as far as your point being yeah that that's going on all around and it was weird because when the first time we saw it was when we were in Trujillo and we saw we were at this one busy intersection that one night and there were people we called an uber we were waiting for the uber but there was constantly this cars coming up at this busy intersection you know beeping their horns waving their hands and one person would hop in and then another person would hop in and then another person so so the driver is looking to fill up their car it's not just a one passenger thing so there was this uh, it was a little bit of a surprise to see that but the honking of the horn is to get your attention for one the second thing that they honk the horn for is if you're you could the car could be two blocks away and if you start to walk into the street they're going to honk to let you know they're coming down the street they also don't have as many stop signs so as they go through intersections they'll honk their horns just tap it lightly to let traffic know that i'm coming through the intersection and and these are usually in in busy city blocks where small towns are that way as as well as some of the larger cities they just don't have stop signs or they don't have uh, lights and they honk to go through the intersection they also yeah. honk if you're a pedestrian crossing the street because pedestrians do not have yeah the right that's of way. a really important point that's something you have to be yeah really <laughs> on your toes 
and uh, have your reflexes on high alert because yeah it's it can be pretty aggressive just uh, crossing the streets and navigating that not to scare anyone but uh, and maybe this is something like I said if you already have lived in a city or are used to that but if not uh, yeah heads up that you know some of these locations you have to be uh, pretty nimble and one more thing before we get back into the house because uh, I know you have some things you want to talk about, you know, about into the house is the whole idea of personal space. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We haven't really talked about that. Have no. We? And that's something that we've noticed from the very beginning in our time in Mexico is this idea of not necessarily invading your space. Now, again, it's cultural. So cultural. Let's, we're being sensitive to the fact that it's cultural. Yeah. And we're, we're aware of what, what, of what it is. It's just unusual for us. Because we're in the in the U.S., uh, you know, your person, the bubble. It's if basically you were to, the COVID nineteen bubble, anyway. A lot of people are six we're used feet to apart. That. We're used to that. So, like, if you were to stick your arms straight out at your sides, you know, from fingertip to fingertip, and kind of spin in a circle, that's kind of like your personal space. That's kind of what we're used to. It's like that's my bubble. Right. That's my space. personal space. Here is uh, get up on, jump on my back. I'm gonna give you a big no, back but ride. In, in here, <laughs> and if you could see me demonstrating this right now, personal space, fingertips out, and then here, it's you elbow, know, just bend those, bend those, those fingertips into yeah. your chest, and that's your. It's now elbow to elbow is your personal space. Yeah. So it can feel like you're kind of getting you know hustled around and bumped into and. And, and that's common. The yeah, bumping into is very the, common. Your tendency is like either, I mean, that's that's rude or that's uncomfortable or, or yeah, different reactions to that. It's totally normal and it's just something that you have to get used to because it's the way and they navigate their uh, one space. Of the, when we were in Lima, one time uh, we were walking to go to work one morning and there were three gentlemen in front of us who were three abreast walking and the sidewalk wasn't too, too narrow. So there was plenty of room for somebody to walk by them. But as we were going by, I think there was a planter box. There was a girl that whizzed by us in a smallish professional on her way to work. And she was moving at a faster clip than us, reaches the three guys in front of us. And instead of saying, excuse me, or going around them, she just cut right in between two of the men that were walking three abreast and went on her way. Just kind of like turned her shoulder, walked between them and kept going. And it was kind of one of those things where I just looked at it. was like, wow. And they didn't even bat an eye. They just kind of like turned a little bit and then carried on their way in their conversation. Yeah. It's just I think different times too. You have thought that because you're you know taller and bigger that maybe you could still kind of hold your oh, ground no. or have that space. Yeah, and uh, no, that's very humbling. Blow by right? me, uh, the me abuelas out. are like, I don't care. I'm on a mission, <laughs> yeah. straight line, and that's a, a big part of it too. Narrow sidewalks. People are moving. They want to keep moving. They don't like. They do not like when you stop and you're you're kind of like letting somebody go in front of you because they're still moving and they they're used to everybody is moving. Yeah, don't break the flow. Yeah, don't break the flow. Yeah. When you stop, that that creates a traffic jam for everybody. So just keep moving. Yeah. Wiggle your way through. Just keep going. Yep, that's that's right. So back inside the house. Okay, so we're back inside the house. Your 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 house, your rental. Um, let's let's move a little quicker through some of these smaller things. But the, the again, it's a lot of small things. So I think it's still worth talking about. There is the setup of the place itself, right? So I mean, you know, we 
review places on the apps and you know go through the photos and look at the layout and you, you want it to meet as many of your needs as possible but you can't know for sure until you're actually in the place the layout and the flow and and different things so even things like the closets I mean we've been in some apartments where awesome closets and I unpack everything out of my suitcase kind of stage stuff throughout the closet other places not so much Right. So you're piling up clothes, you know, on top or of no your hangers. suitcase. We had to go or, and buy hangers. Right. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, bought bought hangers. Um, I actually travel with a handful of hangers because I just I'm a neat nick and I like to hang my things if I can. But there's that. I mean, just the layout um, of the place, the kitchen. How well equipped is the kitchen? Mm-hmm. I mean, what you know, we do. We're I'm not a cook. And John, you either. We we do very basic things in the kitchen, but we still need you know the pots the basics, and pans, right. the plates, the um, and most uh, rentals like this will have the basics, but some places are really bare bones with that, and other places have had amazing things like all sorts of accessories. How many times have we high five when there's a blender? A blender is a beautiful thing, and uh, oh, remember that one in uh, Santiago that, that was such a powerful blender, mm-hmm. making smoothies. So uh, making just adjusting to that, even like things that you just kitchen tools i mean it might not have a peeler mm-hmm. it might not have a can opener so we've had there are times we've had to uh buy something and and basically leave it at the place leave it behind but yeah i mean just adjustments to that i mean and that I, that could be huge for somebody who really likes to cook and sure. and while they're traveling would prefer to cook more at home mm-hmm. even things like i mean within the the rental and the day-to-day stuff where do you take or leave the garbage like we right. have to ask that every time yeah like, is there a certain time that we take the garbage out? Is it in the building, you know, down, downstairs? Is it at the curb? Well, I mean, again, we little, little thing, but it's a lot of little things. Yeah, the, the place that we stayed in Quito, uh, we asked the person, and uh, where do we take the garbage? And there was a security guard downstairs, and he just pointed to the garbage that was piled up yeah, outside. So we put them. it out there, and we just assumed that you just take it out to the corner. Oh, that, oh the that's right. The next day, right. <laughs> we took it out. The next time, we took it out to the corner, and there wasn't garbage out there. And as soon as we, like, started to walk away, he came out, picked up the garbage. And we felt so bad because here bad. he was. Yeah. Like yeah, oh, it was the cafe owner, right? Made oh, the right, right. And Next, then he explained very, right that it's door, only like, certain times. And yeah, if the garbage is out there, you can put it out there. Otherwise, put it in the bin in the in the behind the gate. And maybe TMI, but I mean, you know, let's be let's be uh, open about these things. Like like we've talked about through Central and South America, a lot of places you don't flush toilet paper, right. so you're and you can figure it out. You're stacking, you know, you're you're gathering up a bag of over the course of the week or whatever your your uh, wipes <laughs> right. and things, and that's that's what your garbage is. So yeah, you don't want to mess that up because it's yeah yeah and there's other places where they have services that it seems like they come by every day and uh, we, we noticed this uh, very early on too that there's places that have like little boxes or crates or bins that are raised off oh, the ground right. because of the dogs yeah because yeah. of the dogs so and we've seen that not when they pails. don't the dogs are tearing through the garbage yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's not garbage pails. They don't take garbage pails out to the curb. No. They'll take their garbage and put it in this raised bin that's either on a pole or attached to a tree or attached to your garage door or the front of your house. You just leave the garbage there, and the garbage trucks come by and take it out. Yeah. In other places, when we were in Cusco, there were, we were in like on the outskirts of the, of the main area, and everybody just put their trash at this one corner. 
and the dogs would they come would and tear through quite it. Quite a bit. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. understand their schedule. Their schedule was it every it was like couple every days? Day. Yeah, yeah, every other day. So that varies. I mean, yeah. it varies quite a bit. Yeah, and you just need to, to ask. Play, and just so be prepared for it too. Yeah, where you're taking your garbage and yeah. what's appropriate. Um, I had a couple things I wanted to talk about with yeah. so with laundry. You might purposely pick a place that has a washer. A lot of times, it's not a dryer, but a washer, and you're you know doing that on purpose because you want that in the unit. Uh, a lot of times for us, though, it's cheaper or, or to not More have convenient. that, or it's not available. So we, we've learned laundry service. I mean, that's something that's been in college. Of course, we used a laundromat, and a couple times, you know, in early uh, rental situations, just out of college. I would go to a laundromat here and there, but I didn't have a lot of exposure to that. So that's been really interesting for us from Mexico on yeah, using Mexico uh, laundry services. Not laundromats, but laundry services yeah. where you drop your laundry off and yeah, and they do it and you come back and pick it up. So the cost varies widely too. When we were in Mexico, we it was as cheap as $2.50 highest I think we paid was three dollars and they do it on a cost per kilogram when we got to Quito it was much higher we did our we went to a place for our first load of laundry and it was ten dollars or it was for the same amount and we was kind of like whoa this is really expensive wait but the higher rate when we got to Argentina you get like up to 10 articles of clothing that are included at a certain price and then the price goes up that was the there. first place where they counted the items they counted the up items until then yeah. it had been waiting. so like socks and underwear stuff like they that, that they don't count that but mm-hmm. articles of clothing they would count we have learned to love the laundry services sure. I, I mean I trusted I've never had any issues I know there are people that have said oh how can you do that like you just don't know you're leaving your stuff behind and and I mean, knock on wood, nothing has ever happened. I've never, never missing sock or, or we actually had one time where we got a pair of socks. Yeah, we actually gained a sock. <laughs> so yeah, it was a you're bonus. You're like, oh, these are like little petties, and you're yeah, like, oh, I can wear these. Yeah, the petty sock to wear in your sneakers. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a bonus item. So okay, um, again, little things, but like the hot water situation. How much hot water you have? Some places have been awesome, like mm-hmm. just unlimited hot water, great water pressure. And I don't want to sound, I, I, I worry a little bit as I'm talking about this, like rah, 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 like I sound like I'm being fussy in that. Yeah, it's just this is us just really kind of digging through these things. And I, to pat myself on the back a little bit, I've gotten really good at, at adapting to this, the whole theme of this, adapting to these things. Someone who used to like everything all buttoned up and just, you know, very, uh, I don't want to say routine driven, but I liked my consistent consistency. I liked my comforts. This has been super interesting and a very um, eye opening experience for me to just let so much of that go. But yeah, so water. I mean, I, who doesn't like you know a warm to hot, comfortable shower? And pressure. People. The big thing is like, is the water pressure strong and is the water hot? That's a big thing. You see that in reviews yeah. all the time. And I've had day. to take tepid showers with trickling water, and mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I just I got enough to shampoo my hair and you know wash wash what I need to wash, and that's it. It wasn't the best shower of my life. 
in a common theme in some of these areas because the population is smaller in size. People are shorter in a lot of the countries that we've been to. Uh, so the showers are smaller. There's been one shower in Mexico City where yeah. you had to stand sideways in the shower. Yeah, I mean, that's we're not exaggerating. Well, the whole bathroom, we said it, it was, was like the size of like a boat, like yeah. a boat bathroom. Like, yeah, yeah you ship. could go to the bathroom, wash your hands, and shower. Right, yeah. at the same time. Yeah, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, is it a deal breaker? Is it, gonna, is it going to make you miserable? Not for me. I'm, I'm okay. I, I, now, I would think that, you know, if someone's going away on vacation for two weeks and they go someplace course. and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so disappointed that the shower wasn't strong and it was never hot. Or, I'm so disappointed that the Wi-Fi was inconsistent. Or I'm so disappointed that And we'll that get didn't to that have, Wi-Fi. That's a biggie tech And so Wi-Fi. disappointed that they didn't have a coffee made. I, mean, I can understand that. But when you're traveling like we are, we have seen the, the ebb and flow the highs and lows with each one of the the different things that we're talking about and has it has it prevented us from enjoying our time no we've no, just i mean there's been nothing it. at any one of our rentals where it was like this is not okay or, or what i'll do i'll be like this maybe isn't ideal or i kind of preferred the setup or what have you with the last place but i know it's temporary it's i with our our month-to-month flow it's not. I'm, I'll be in a different place next month, and we'll just adapt then to that place. So our esthete has a long list of things that you would like to talk about. So keep going. Uh, something else is that come, that's come up quite a bit is service issues mm-hmm. while we're staying at a rental, and I mean that's the job of the host to be responsible, and 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 they all have been. It's been great, but you know there's the toilets not running right, or there's right. a drip, you know, behind the sink, or. I mean, we've had, I would say just about every place we've stayed, there's been some sort of service issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you you know, you have to reach out to the uh, if the there's host, things we and can you might, fix, we you're do, not speaking the language. So you're, uh, we're, a lot of times we're using Airbnb, so you can translate, you know, your conversations through the app. But then they're, might, you know, making arrangements for a service person to come to the apartment. So those, you know, things, again, you have to be flexible. You have to realize that that could come up. And yeah. then I was just wanted, I, I feel like we talked about it already a little bit with the uh, big city versus little city, but also within your apartment itself is just the noise levels, noise mm-hmm. in the building, noise yeah. outside, outside, walls. you know, the room, the, um, your bedroom window, what have you. It's going to vary quite a bit. Well, one of the things, if you, if you listen to our podcast, it's going to sound a little bit different as we travel because the rooms that we're in are a little bit different. The street noise might be a little bit different. The neighbors might be, uh, uh, you know, playing music. Like, for example, last night we were ready to sit down and do our podcast and the neighbors started playing music. They were having a house party. And yeah. as, you know, good for them because, I mean, we're all uh, staying in, inside and they're making the best of it. But, yeah. So we needed to adapt, and we did. We adapted. We said, let's get up early tomorrow morning and we'll start working on the podcast in the morning. So that's, here we are. You know, one of the things that we're realizing as we're going through this list is that it's a long, exhaustive list, but a list worth going through. Yeah, I think so. I think everything's worthy, but it, we're, we're getting into quite a bit of detail so i think it might make sense for us to kind of break this one into two parts so okay, that you don't I have like to sit it. down yeah, do for an hour and 10 20 minutes listening to this we can chunk it down into two separate episodes so you want to break right here yeah this would be a good spot to break okay and then we'll pick up yeah so yeah all we would ask is that if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform is that you subscribe 
you know, give us a like, give us, leave us a comment that helps us. So we really appreciate your listening to us ramble on about things that we've experienced and hopefully you're learning something through that process. There has to be a goodbye. Everything he just said. Thanks guys. (laughs) 